Hey there, Cats Kittens. I'm Mike Off, and welcome to MMA and stuff here at HalfGuard.com. Hi, Matt. Matt. Mike, where is Matt? He wasn't here last week. He's not here this week. Is he alive? Is he dead? It was all just a figment of your imagination. Very good, very likely possibility. The last point there. No, um, what happened is I kind of lost my mind a little bit, and, uh, I, I was very happy in life. I'm being very vague because nobody's fucking business. Who gives a shit? I didn't hurt anyone. It's like I snapped and beat up some gay guy on Empire. But anyways, um, but I did the show last week for like half an hour. That's probably what I'll do this week. And it was like literally the only time last week when I felt kind of happy. I was like, oh shit, I like this show. Anyways, I didn't talk to Matt about him coming back. I thought I would just do it this way, and I like titled the show like, "Hey Matt, are you coming back?" And then like next week he'd be like, "Okay, I'm here." You could have just done this over Messenger. You could have sent me a text message, phone calls. There's like a hundred different ways to do this. You chose to do it via podcasting, and that's right. That's all I got. I'm just doing this via podcasting. Hey, the bipartisan border talks begin in the House and Senate, my friends. Can't be expected to take time out of my day. I'm trying to multitask here. So anyways, maybe Matt will be back next week. Maybe he won't. Nobody gives a shit. Well, I actually give a shit. Um, I hate saying nobody gives a shit. That's like my go-to default for everything. It's not that, well, yeah, I don't think anybody should ever care about anything associated with me. I'm really not a very happy person. Also not happy as Fyodor. Who got knocked the fuck out by Ryan Bader in 30 seconds on Saturday night. The main event of Bellator's 214th show, I think it is. Uh, came to us live from, I don't know, where, okay. Where did it come to us from? Could be some shitty version of New York or the Forum. This got a Forum in Inglewood. This has a Forum in Inglewood feel to it. Oh, I really miss Matt. Um, it is. I fucking nailed it. God damn, I'm good. So, and this is Bellator uh, 214, yeah. Oh, okay. The thing, said, the thing here said, followed by Bellator MMA 220, preceded by Bellator MMA 218. That's the year. Anyway, yes, Ryan Bader defeated uh, Fyodor in 30 seconds to... Win the Bellator Heavyweight, Openweight, Grand Prix, whatever. I think I can really sum up just how irrelevant this Grand Prix has been by the fact that nobody cares that Ryan Bader just arguably had the most impressive performance in MMA tournament fighting history, or at least since, like, Hoist Gracie at UFC 1, as far as utter domination. Like, every fight he had in this tournament, he either won it in, like, the first round or 30 seconds here, or he was so utterly dominant they didn't take a punch. I mean, I think he had, like, I think that fight with Mitrion, he didn't get hit. And that's a 15-minute fight. I mean, I don't think anybody's ever dominated a tournament like this. It's stunning. And nobody gives a shit because they shouldn't because it's not a real tournament. I mean, yeah, they fought, I guess, but 
and I hear it. I enjoy it. I love tournaments. I think tournaments are great because they're an easy story for me to follow. I have a very small and limited attention span. If you can't tell, I'm a bit of a moron here. So, uh, yeah, a tournament's great because I could be like, hey, what's the storyline here? Do I have to keep track of this guy? Does he hate his mother? Did he fuck his mother? Is anybody's mother involved? Oh, is that chicken mother? Instead, I can just make a look at the. There's a bracket. That's why they're fighting. There's a bracket. Yeah, okay. I'm good with a bracket. I'm a, I'm a simple man. You you tell me that people are, are, are contemplating going to war, and it's uh, Montague and the Capulet, and there's intrigue, and there's political machinations, and you're going, this king wants this guy dead because he fears he's going to lose his kingdom, and you come up with all these reasons why people want to go and battle one another. And I, honestly, you just, again, just give me a bracket, just you know, a couple lines and just say, that's why they're fighting. I'd just be like, oh, okay. I, it does, I don't need any motivations. I don't need anything more than that. Just a breakfast, some lines. Just, I don't even know who put them there. Don't tell me who. I don't, I don't want to know. Don't tell me who put the bracket there. I just want to know that there's a bracket. I want to turn it on and go, ooh, look, a bracket. You know how much fun I have every March? I love March. Just bracket, bracket, bracket. And everybody loves brackets. They are the most magnificent thing we have in all sports. Not totally true, but mostly true. I remember one time I saw the, the uh, uh, NFL playoffs like, broken down into as a bracket. And I was like, wow. Because it's not really a bracket because like you'll play either this guy or this guy depending on who wins and seeding and all this stuff. It's not a real bracket. It's not quite the bracket fun that I crave. That structure of the universe that tells you what to do. But yeah, so again, this is a tournament. Ryan Bader won it. Good for him. This is his his tenure here in Bellator. It's been so fabulous. It's been perfect, perfect. As this uh, like eighty year old German woman I know, French grandma, who just said that that sounds a lot less weird than eighty year old German woman I know. She always says things are picture perfect. Picture. This is picture perfect. Ryan Bader, your Bellator Grand Prix champion. He's got all kinds of title belts now. He's a he's a champ champ. I think, oh yeah, that's right. He also became the Bellator heavyweight champion because the title had been uh, vacated by the previous champion, Vitaly Aminikov. Who, didn't he go to, was he going to go to UFC or some shit like that? Uh, did he go? No, although he has a... That's the funniest fucking, this is the funniest fucking, you've got to be shitting me. So Vitaly Minikoff was the uh, last champion, right? The dude's actually still undefeated in MMA. 19, 21 wins in a row, all this shit. Bellator champion, gave it up back in May of 2016. So it's been almost three years since Bellator's had a heavyweight champion. And he gave it up because he hadn't defended the title since April 2014. So you go, okay, that makes sense. The guy hadn't defended the title for two years. And he's like, oh, I probably should just give this up because it seems kind of weird. And they're all like, yeah, we we agree. And then they waited another three years after that before creating a championship. And then next month, Minikoff will be fighting in Bellator against Czech Congo. That's right. They bellatored it, man. 
They did all this stuff to create a heavyweight champion. And then the next month, the next fucking month, they have the last guy who's undefeated, who was their heavyweight champion, fighting another dude who was a heavyweight in this tournament. I think, I think kind of was in the tournament. Bellator, you sly bastards. You've learned the lesson of the UFC. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Make people feel fucking stupid for supporting your titles at every chance. Good on you. Speaking of feeling stupid. Uh, Henry Corral has beat the shit out of Aaron Pico. Aaron Pico is done. He's never going to be a high-level fighter. I was wrong. I wasn't wrong. That's kind of wrong. And he still might be. But they, they went out there. They brawled. Pico was getting the better of things. He was beating up Corrales. And then Corrales just hit him with this, just, like, he took the right hand. And he put it way up high. Like, he was trying to reach the top sh- like the, the pickle jar on the top shelf, and he grabbed the pickle jar, and he held the pickle jar, and it turned out that the pickle jar wasn't filled with pickles and pickle juice. It was filled with quarters. And then he took this, and he just slammed it into the side of Aaron Pico's head. You would think that that would be illegal, but it turns out in Bellator, you're allowed to just grab uh, a giant pickle jar full filled with quarters and punch Aaron Pico in the head. I think that's what happened, because Pico went down, just dead cold. So he's now in his uh, short MMA career been knocked the fuck out real, real bad and choked the fuck out real, real quick. Still, again, Pico looked good, but I think I think I'd actually talked about this on the show last week, maybe. Or I, maybe I've talked about it in the past. But Pico didn't seem to transition well. He just kind of, was, he does this, and then he does this. Didn't really mix it up well. And I think it was uh, Frank Mir may have brought that up on a broadcast. Well, we thought, and yeah, Frank Mir was back. Not for a whole thing, but for a lot of it. And, oh, I'm so happy. Yeah, but Aaron Pico lost, and that made me happy also, because it was kind of funny. Because Jack Swagger fought. Jack Swagger didn't lose. Jake Hager, and I don't want to call him Jake Hager. I want to call him Jack Swagger. And I'm going to call him Jack Swagger, because this motherfucker came out with the we the people or whatever the fuck his weirdo gimmick was that he had in WWE a few years back where I think nowadays if you saw the gimmick it would be classified as alt-right. At the time it started out that that way kind of. It had a, a pseudo right-wing nationalist flavor but it also had like some weird like anti-American stuff later on. So I wasn't really sure what Jack Swagger was other than that's what he was and he fought J.W. Kaiser and he took him down. He took him down the way a wrestler would take a guy down by grabbing the legs and pulling them towards him as he drove his shoulder forward because that's how wrestlers wrestle. And he took him down and he got on top of him and he got an arm triangle choke, he squeezed it real, real tight. And I don't know if he had the technique right or not, but I do know that Kaiser was like, this feels pretty right to me. And he tapped out. So Jack Swagger was more successful as a cage fighter on Saturday than Aaron Pico. What does that say? Yeah, uh, Swagger says he's going to keep fighting and all this other stuff. Uh, nobody gives a shit. Actually, I do. Like I said, I was happy to see Jack Swagger. It was a pers- it was something. And he came out and he had like the We the People thing. And he kind of cut a promo. I'll say this. I think I say I'll say this a lot, don't I? Um, seeing Swagger in the cage and the way he moved and his size, it was one of those, whoa, like... This is a big, big dude because he was a heavyweight in every way you could be. But he was like genuinely light on his feet and athletic looking and he could move. And, he, you know, heavyweight wrestlers don't look like that. Most of them, 
tend to be bigger, slower, fatter types. Most of them look more like Daniel Cormier and Hager. I mean, Hager. I hate saying Hager. Swagger. Swagger. Yeah, Jack, Jack Swagger didn't. He's still like a 36-year-old pro wrestler, so I don't think this career of his is going anywhere. But for one night, it was it was nice to dream, wasn't it? So we have dreams. Uh, I, I did see coming over the wire just now. Not really just now, but it could have been just now. Uh, I know that Fabricio Verdun wants his release from the UFC. He's currently suspended on steroids. By the way, I've noticed that since the UFC is uh, on ESPN, there's a lot more UFC shit on ESPN these days. Like, I, I know that's kind of like a duh, but I'm just talking the way they approach it. I see all kinds of ESPN like stories about UFC. There's this steroid suspension in this one and this one. And like Fabricio Verdum wants out of his UFC contract because he probably wants to go to Japan or Malaysia or Indonesia, wherever the fuck you fight these days. Right now, and I say this, and I really only bring this story up because uh, I know that Matt would feel great glee at this. At this just, just, just giant fucking buffoon of a man getting fucked over in life. I saw some video the other day, actually not the other day, earlier today, today, like a half hour ago, as I'm trying to figure out Reddit. Uh huh. I got a lot of free time. Dude, the fucking cold here in Chicago has this all boxed in. And honestly, there's nothing to do. I'm fucking figuring out Reddit. Anyways, uh, I saw, I saw when Verdun kicked it. Edmund Tavarian there. Uh, yeah. Even now when I look at that, as happy as I am that he took out an Armenian, he's such a bitch. Verdum is such a little punk. Hell of a fighter. A cheater. Definitely a cheater. Uh, can never, couldn't stop himself from cheating. I think he's addicted to cheating. He's got, he's a cheataholic. And uh, also likes to beat up small people. Uh, hates homosexuals. I think, and here's the thing. I'll say this about Verdun. Within uh, Latin culture, somewhat stereotypically, but I think there's pretty truth to it. You know, not, not like a gay-friendly culture. The machismo thing, I, yes and no. There's a subculture, and it's really prevalent behind the scenes. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's still like Hispanic men tend not to walk around being like, I love homosexuals for who they are, and I support their rights. I think they should get married. And in fact, whenever I see two men kiss, why? Why I feel, feel a little bit of happiness. I feel a little bit of pride in myself because I know that I'm so damn tolerant I can watch these two men lick the inside of one another's mouths. Not really a Hispanic thing. But I also think that that's a, a cultural thing. Like, I think a lot, it's kind of the old... Are these people really bad? No, they're just this is they're brought up around this stuff. Everybody tells them you're supposed to say the uh, the f word, and they're all like, okay, I guess that's the word you use. But you put them in with some tolerant country, Germany or Spain, probably a lot of oh, Greece, 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 a lot of a lot of lot of butt fucking going on in Greece. And then most people would probably be like, yeah, I'm not homophobe at all. Like, in fact, again, I feel the swell of pride at watching them hoover one another's molars. For Doom, however, I think just genuinely hates gay people. I think that Verfrisian for Doom is somewhat of the MMA equivalent of the Westboro Baptist Church. He's a black Israelite. 
I mean, we're going to figure that out one day. I mean, this, this boomerang throwing motherfucker doesn't like homosexuals. I have a feeling that when he found out like Kadyrov was a fan of his, he got really excited. He's like, Oh my gosh, you have no idea. I've been collecting the Kadyrov baseball cards forever. I love that guy. I'm like, really? Yeah. No, I love his policies. His social policies are outstanding. So if we're too much to fight again, um, I'd say fuck him because he's a piece of shit. I know Matt would want to say fuck him. It's going to be the weird show when people are like, yeah, and then he did like a whole podcast. It's kind of a bit of a love letter. Kind of, it got awkward. But yeah, I don't, I don't really give a shit about Verdum. If he goes and fights in one, I guess I'll, I'll see highlights of him late night on TNT. Okay. Enjoy fighting sumos or something. You cheater. Uh, Artem Lobov also asked for and, and 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 I know this is surprise you. I guess he was granted his release. Artem Lobov said he would like to be released from the premier mixed martial arts company on the planet because he wanted to uh, pursue other opportunities. I guess he wants to win titles in boxing, kickboxing. And, I don't know. He's saying all this shit you're supposed to say. Um, I wish him well. I want to. I want to. I want him to get that record back up to. Uh, you know, a 13, 13, 14, 14, 1, 1, and 1 type of shit. I want, I want my old Artem back. I like that he talks to shit. I'm going to win my boxing titles and my, and my kickboxing. And then he said, to, I think it was Ben Askren that he was coming in for Askren or whatever. There's an art, by the way, to shit talking. And there has to be some degree of, like, realism to what you're saying like it's one thing that you can like you can have all the confidence in the world you could be the size of remiss you're a junior looking at the big show going fuck you man I'm gonna, I'm gonna, on sunday man i'm coming there i'm gonna whoop your ass i'm gonna walk out of that arena as champion and nothing you can do about it like, you could do something like that that's fine artem but like remiss you can't look at the big show and be like bitch on sunday i shouldn't say bitch that is gendered insult motherfucker on sunday uh, I don't know if you can say motherfucker. That might be a that may not be uh, LGBTQ plus friendly. Uh, big show. You can't. Uh, hey, asshole. On Sunday, I'm gonna beat you because I'm just gonna body slam you. I'm gonna German suplex you left and right. I'm gonna slam you like Hogan did Andre. I'm going to carry you on my shoulders. I'm going to airplane spin you. Like if Ray Jr. started talking like that, you'd be like, this is some really dumb trash talk. Likewise, Artem thinking he'll ever win a title in anything is just dumb. You're, it's fanciful, buddy. Nobody thinks you're ever going to win a championship in any sport. Like not even like a real championship. There's a really good chance if Artem went to like a trophy store and bought a title belt, the store wouldn't sell it to him because his check would bounce. He's also the kind of guy that writes checks because he's from Russia, but I think of him as a Polish because I think of him as being stupid. And for some reason, people that write checks are stupid in my book. They're probably the only smart people that are. Dumbasses like me are like, I can, let's check this out. I can just fucking wave my phone around and just buy anything I want. Anything I want. I just touch my phone. Watch. Ding. Oh, no, no. Watch again. Ding. Like There's that commercial I think with like Eli Manning and the rookie, he like taps his card to like buy food at the vending machine. They all think he's a sucker. And I'm watching this going. I completely identify with this guy. This guy is absolutely me. Just ding, ding. So, uh, yeah, good luck, Artem, with your future endeavors. 
There is actually a show this weekend. Thank the good Lord of it. It'll be an ESPN Plus. Thank the good Lord above that I'm paying for this channel. I don't really care that much. Um, it'll be taking place in Brazil. The main event, Rafael Senso versus Marlon Moraes. These two have fought in 2017, June. Now, Senso won by split decision. This is UFC 212. I have no recollection of this fight. Zero. Now, granted, I, I have been doing a lot of drugs. Coincidentally, right around this time. Still, so, uh, this will be in Cent Centro de Formacao, Olympia de North. Oh, it's in Fortaleza, Brazil. All this, I think it was going to be the show that they weren't sure if it's going to happen or not due to the fact that parts of Brazil uh, are run by drug lords. I'm pretty sure Fortaleza was part of one of those provinces that the, uh, the government of Brazil had decided, well, we're just going to give it to the drug runners. Let's just see what happens if they do it. They seem... They seem like they want the job. Clearly, we're not really all that interested in this. So, have at it, Pablo Escobar. Wrong country, wrong era, wrong drug, wrong decade. Wrong fucking millennium, I think. So, uh, yeah. They're going to fight again. I don't care. I have no... I mean... I, I hope it's a good fight. That's all I can hope for. I like both these guys as fighters. Uh, Ascenso, though, I do think is more polished at the high level. And this is, the older I get, more I realize I sound like all those assholes I used to hate on TV. Oh my gosh, we all become our fathers. I was doing that the other day. <laughs> I, I, I realized I was like defending things. I'm like, why am I defending this? Like, why do you defend your dad on anything? If like, we become our fathers, why? We don't have to. I was thinking, I'm like, you know, look at this dumb MAGA hat. I'm like, that oh, looks like something my dad would wear. I'm like, my dad, you know, it's my dad. It's not that bad of a guy. Then I realized, I'm like, wait, wait a second. Yes, he is. My dad was an asshole. This is a very ringing endorsement for Donnie here, I don't think. Anyways, um, I think there's sunset, what he's got is, there's an elite level competitive edge, and I think it comes within like elite level athleticism. He just seems like he knows how to win, if you will. The Marais is some someone I like his talent, I like his techniques. Particularly, it feels like a little more versatile and smooth striker. But I think Sunsao's got more power and more to the point. Sunsao knows what he's good at, and that may be the key. He just may be a little more self-aware than Marais is. Still, so, uh, yeah, I'm gonna pick Sunsao. Also, I like saying Sunsao. And I like that he has that little squiggly thing under the sea. In the semi-main event, Hanato Moicano, who uh, most people would know as uh, no one. I don't know why anybody. He beat the... He lost the... Okay. I mean, he's got his wins. I mean, I know Hanato Moicano. Oh, that's where he beat Jim Stevens. Good for him. And Zubarath Tukov. Man, you beat a dude named Zub Zubay Zubaira... People from a part of the world that's tougher than me. Yeah, that's a good thing. Hanato uh, Moicano takes on Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo in the semi-main event. Actually, I will call this. I will bump this up. I will make the designation myself. This is an official co-main event. You know how pathetic your life has to be that you keep track of 
legitimately keep track of and have like this internal balancing system in your head of what constitutes worthy of being co-main event as opposed to semi-main event. I need help. I'm not happy. Anyways, great fight. Josie Aldo should win. What kind of though? Yeah, look, he's got. I think his only loss was to Brian Ortega. When I just when I say I think that, it's, I just glanced at the record. But, but you know, he's got wins over Cubs. He's a good fighter. He's got a. This could be. This is a. I actually like this fight. Although seems to be at some weird position in his career where I'm not sure if he cares or not, or if he just wants to keep fighting in Brazil and then quit. Or really just ask for more money and go to, you know, fight in Hong Kong death matches or some shit. But nonetheless, Jose Aldo did look, he got his, got that uh, big win in his last fight. First round knockout, I think it was. He's never really, I mean, with the exception of Max Holloway, he's always looked pretty good. I mean, I'm not saying he's always looked great. He's had his moments. But he, I haven't seen like that that overnight drop. You're just like, Whoa, wait, Jose's terrible. Like, no, he's actually shown enough in this fight. So I'm like, he's, he's still got something. Moicano, though, I mean, like, Moicano's kind of like a, the guy in the way up. And I think he's the kind of guy that his ceiling is pretty damn high. And his ceiling is higher than Jose Aldo's floor. So it's really a question of which guy is closer. Is Moicano closer to his ceiling than Aldo is to his floor? I think Aldo will probably win. Again, more experience. Seems to, uh, I think it's just better than people kind of remember. This is me picking against uh, the field. That doesn't make any sense at all. No, this fight would be a lot easier to fucking make a prediction for. There's a goddamn fucking bracket. Anyways, uh, Josie Aldo's going to win. Damian Maia takes in Lyman Good. Lyman Good, who uh, uses steroids. I don't know if he's actually been suspended for that ever, so I shouldn't say that because I don't actually know that. But when I look at him, I think, yeah, I do. I know that. But just looks, man. It can't, looks can be deceiving. Looks can, I've learned this. With the smile to one man is a smirk to another. Lyman Good's got one of those bodies, though. One of those uh, smooth, Vinny Magalish, kind of Hector Lombard, Yoel Romero physics. Where I'm just like, yeah, I dig it. I dig it. Take some Damian Maya. We'll probably just try to grab a hold of Lyman Good's very toned and pulsating thighs, drag him to the ground and try to tap him out. And I think Damian Maia will do it, dude. That dude's just, you know, he's a scary little fucker. He's too good. He's too good for people who aren't at the elite level. And I think you have to have an elite level mentality. You have to be mentally ready for Damian Maia. Because I think he catches people off guard for just going for it. Damian Maia by submission. Or what else, you know? Charles Oliveira taking David Tamer. Fun fact, David David Tamer, not a small monkey. Yeah. But he is from Sweden. Um, I don't know why David Tamer, though. However, t- David Tamer, David Tamer, David Tamer. He's got one of those things I just always stuck in my head as being like, uh, hey, this guy's kind of exciting, young, up-and-coming I like David Tamer, right? I, I can't fuck him out of a book from me or Joe, but that doesn't make any sense. I just made an entire sentence with my mouth, and none of the words fl- flowed from one to another. It was total gibberish. Charles Oliveira is total gibberish. I think he's t- 
29, I want to say he's 29 years old. Charles Oliveira, the Bronx, is 29 years old. And his picture on Wikipedia has him wearing a t-shirt that I think says Spank. And some sort of like gang moron font. He's also wearing a hat. It looks like he's like a baseball player. Anyways, yeah, only only 29 years old. Wow, is he young. I'll take on David Tamer. Oliveira should win because he's super good. And this is the kind of fight where he'll look good in. Not like Tamer's a real threat to go anywhere in the world or in life. David Tamer is going to be... uh, I don't know where I was going with that. I was going to say he's going to be committing suicide this weekend, but there's no good way for that one to end. Like, if he does, I called it, but I'm in trouble. And if he doesn't, then I'm that I'm that guy. I don't, need, I don't need that reputation in my life. I'm a good guy. Johnny Walker takes on Justin Ledette. Justin Ledette is, uh, fucking way is he? He's a blue belt. 204-pound blue. That's not very good. Jenny Walker's a... Whatever. Sarah Frota. Okay, I clearly don't give a shit. Uh, Sarah Frota, who does not exist, takes on Livia Hanato Souza, who is a former Invicta chick. She's good. Five pound jiu-jitsu. I'm just reading shit off of Wikipedia. I don't really know. I don't really care. Uh, preliminary card, also in ESPN+. Plus. Max Griffin takes on Tiago Alves. What the fuck? Is it that Max Griffin? Uh, is it welterweight? That can't be the, that can't, I can't be, this can't be the same Max. I'm thinking of somebody else. Okay. I'm thinking Griffin. I don't know. Uh, Tiago Alves, whatever. Uh, at least I know who he is. Mara Romero Borrera takes on Talia. Santos, Talia Santos, of course, the love child of uh, Tiago Santos. I don't know which one, just there could be a billion of them. And uh, Raza Ghul. Junior Albini takes this big fat ass up and takes on Yarzinho Rosenstreak. Sure. Gerald Geraldo de Freitas Jr. takes on Felipe Colara. Not Corrales, Colares, Colares, Colores. Get a new name, it's stupid. Rogerio Bontorin takes on Magomed Bibliotav. And Ricardo Ramos, Ricardo Ramos, Ricardo Ramos, not that Ricardo Ramos, this is another Ricardo Ramos. Ricardo Ramos takes on said Nurmagomedov. I presume said Nurmagomedov is related to Khabib Nurmagomedov, but no one's said anything to me. But I'm bum, but I'm bum. Hey, anyways, everybody, that's uh, that's that. That's a half an hour show. That's not bad. That gave me enough Jones, and I feel like I'm kind of alive right now. Hopefully next week, Mac, 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 Matt, Matt is back. And if he's not, well, I was a dick. So I don't know. What do you want, people? Sometimes you destroy things in life and you don't get them back. Does that make you sad? Well, what if, hear me out, what if bad things don't happen 
to good people. That is, what if every time something bad happens to you, you deserved it? And you don't always know why. You just wake up in the middle of the night, you stub your toe. That wet dream you had when you were 13, it takes a while to get back to you. What if everything that ever bad happened to you really is your fault? Your big funeral is a lot more interesting, at least. Hey, he died young. What the fuck did he do? We found the bodies in the basement. Yikes. So until next time, I'm your humble host, Mike Coffin, for this program. Saying to one all, good fight, good night. Hey, au revoir, mes amis.